What is up? Here we are again. Episode 7, Take It or Leave It. Super excited as always to have you here today. We are we have so much to talk about. A lot of NBA loaded with basketball today. Um man, we'll, we'll sprinkle in a little football. We have reached the All-Star break though for the NBA season, which means the season truly begins after the All-Star break. We're getting to the nitty-gritty of the season. Uh, what else? Uh, AAF started. If you can't get enough of football, I will be watching some of that this weekend. Um, it was a lot more entertaining than I thought last weekend. Offensive line play was terrible. There was none. But there were some there are some quarterbacks that can sling it out there. There was a few really nice throws. There was a lot of big hits. I love the transparency with the replays, with their with the officiating. It was interesting, but anyways. We're not going to actually talk about any of that. We'll probably add that in next week. Start talking about the AAF. Uh, but let's jump right into it. So we actually have to start today's show a little differently. I feel awful. I've committed a heinous act, and so did Easton. He's not here to apologize for himself, but I will apologize for for him. He has given me that right. We both did something so incredibly inconsiderate. We have a dear friend of ours who lives in Alabama, and we have a couple group messages. We have one on Instagram. We have, I believe we have one on Facebook, and we have one through text, a group message. And on the Instagram one, he sent us last week a post about a possible movie that's coming out about Godzilla versus King Kong. Eason and I took this and it became a huge debate, as you all know from last week's episode, and it developed into a poll, and we never once mentioned Logan. Not only did we not mention Logan, Logan gave Easton a bit of, of kind of arsenal for the debate in the group text or in the group message on Instagram, and Eason <laughs> referred to Logan as someone as in yeah someone told me that blah 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 I can't remember who and so we just feel so bad we we want to and I say we because again it's for me and Easton we want to sincerely and publicly apologize we hope you forgive us and we want everybody to know that this would have never happened if not for Logan he started the fight or the argument the debate whatever you want to call it and he added to it. So essentially, he kind of egged us on. So maybe we shouldn't apologize. It's kind of a crappy thing to do. But anyways, we apologize, Logan, sincerely. Thank you so much for the idea. Thank you for being a wonderful friend. We love you so much. And uh, hopefully you'll forgive us. So that will that'll actually bring us right in to... The poll results. I wanted to do the poll for a week, so I did. I put it on uh, Twitter. I put it on Facebook, and we ended up with not a lot of responses, but a, a decent amount. It's really, you know, whatever. But it's enough to to gather an idea of what the public thinks of this argument. So, if King Kong was five times his normal size. And he fought Godzilla in Atlanta, Georgia. Who would win? And 42 of you responded. And 22 of those 42 said King Kong. And I am incredibly disappointed in you because I will not stand here and say, well, the poll, the poll is the poll. That must be, I must be wrong. I, I truly believe I am right on this. Godzilla would win. But I will say that I guess I was wrong as far as what the public thinks because it was a close one. It's, it's pretty split, 22 to 20, but you guys think Godzilla would win. Or I'm sorry, you, you, you'd you think King Kong would win. The majority of you do, and so I am part of the minority who thinks Godzilla would absolutely wreck King Kong, but whatever, that's what it is. Poll is over. King Kong reigns supreme. Congratulations to Easton, who actually he didn't even think he would win. He, he thought... He thought he, he 
that he'd be on the minority side, but congrats. He won. He argued better. He debated better. Kudos to you. Kudos to King Kong. All right. Let's jump in to a little NBA, and, and honestly, we're going to be kind of sitting in the NBA for most of this episode, so I apologize if you are not a huge basketball fan, which there's not a lot of people, I feel like, who aren't basketball fans. Basketball is just an extremely exciting sport. The older generation's kind of over it. They don't call traveling, and they don't. It's bad, but they don't let them play defense anymore, and they don't, but it sure is exciting. I mean, it's a lot of offense, just like football, and I don't hear a ton of complaints on about football, but it's a lot of offense, a lot of three-pointers, a lot of beautiful assists, a lot of really incredible ball handling. So um, I apologize if you don't like basketball. You, you, that's a you problem, man. Basketball is is incredible to watch, and it's it's a it's it's only growing internationally and nationally. It is becoming a um, a very popular popular sport worldwide. So uh, we're going to focus on for the next few minutes is LeBron James, and obviously Giannis. Giannis. Uh, however you want to say it. Some people say Yanis. Some people say Yanis. I'm going to call him the Greek freak. And that's not because I can't pronounce his last name. I actually can pronounce his last name better than his first name. Antetokounmpo. Um, he, so, so the Greek freak and LeBron James kind of picked their teams for the All-Star game. It's Team LeBron, Team uh, Giannis. And there is an interesting pattern. I don't know if any of you noticed this, but there is an interesting pattern to LeBron's first six picks, which this would be, you know, all his starters and then his kind of first off the bench. I'm not going to name all six. I'm going to name the five that there's a pattern to. The one I'm not going to name, well, I'm going to name him right now, is James Harden. James Harden is locked into a contract. He's a Houston Rocket. Can't do anything there unless he oddly requested a trade, which we don't foresee happening. The other five of his first six picks are Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Klay Thompson. So let's go ahead and break down what that pattern is. We all know LeBron is in L.A., and they're already better than they've been for the past five years. Actually, if you look up statistics, wins, and losses, L.A. has been the worst team in basketball for the past five years. If you if you compile all five years together, they're awful. LeBron gets there. They're competing for a playoff spot. Don't know if they'll get it. They're a couple games out. I think they're three games out right now. But he's been hurt for for the past, what, 10, 12, 15 games? I won't argue about LeBron impacting the Lakers. Anybody with eyes knows he has impacted that team. They're a playoff contender, and for the past five years, they have not been close. That being said, we also know he is not close. LeBron James is not close to keeping his playoff streak alive, and I don't know, I'm, I'm sorry, not not his playoff streak, his final streak alive with the team he's got right now, unless there's a lot of growth from these young guys in, in this offseason, which his streak's going to end. He's, he, he's not going to the finals this year, okay? I think he will make the playoffs. I think they will rally and play well for the rest of the season, but he, he's not going to the finals. Streak will end. But he is not in a position to go back to the finals with the team he's got right now. He can't get past Golden State. He probably can't get past the Rockets if everybody's healthy. And I'm not 100% sure that he can get past OKC, honestly. I mean, he doesn't have much right now. He's got some young guys that have a lot of upside. That being said, what does he need? He needs players. He needs vets. He needs veteran players who are very good at what they do and are ready to come in. If he gets one more, he has a chance of going to a finals. If he gets two more, he will more than likely win a finals in the next three years. I would almost put a guarantee on like that, on that, but I don't like guarantees, <laughs> So, especially when it's something I can't control. But it's very, very likely he will win a finals in the next three years if he gets two. So that being said, what do these five that he picked have in common? Well, let's look. KD 
as a player option. Now, there's two types of options and contracts in the NBA. There's the player and the team. And that means in that last year, there's there's that one final year. If it's a team option, the team can decide, we want to keep you for one for this final year. Player has no option. They they have to do what the team says. The team don't want them, player's not coming back. Team wants them, they're coming back. KD has the player option, which is the same thing, but, the, but he has the power. He can say, I want to be back. Or he can say, eh, I want out. I'm done. I've had my time. Now, the wise decision would be to stay because as long as he's there with that team, if they can keep it intact and OKC, they're going to keep winning finals. It's quite possibly the greatest team we've ever seen. I believe it I believe it to be the greatest team we've ever seen in the NBA. I mean, they're, they're spectacular. They do everything well. But what if he's not? I mean, there's been rumors that he's not quite happy there. Maybe not that he's not happy, but that he's he's kind of bored. He might not want to be there. And I keep hearing these rumors. Now he seems to be getting a little upset when people talk about it and when the the media asks him about it. But why is he upset? Is he upset because he's not happy and he's sick of people asking and it's getting annoyed? He's getting annoyed that people are focusing on it and he doesn't want them to figure it out. And he's like crap they figured it out or is he annoyed because he really does love it there and he's not thinking about leaving and he's just sick of people asking it and kind of he feels that it's kind of going to create rifts in the in the organization who knows and we won't know until this offseason my guess is that he stays so but still there's opportunity there for him to be available there's potential there for KD to be available LeBron picks him Kyrie same thing player option Kyrie's interesting because Kyrie has expressed that he doesn't want to be with the Celtics. It's more than rumors that he may not want to stay with the Celtics. Like to the point where Celtics fans kind of know he doesn't want to be with the Celtics. And that Celtics fans, as a lot of Boston fans do, and I, I like this about Boston fan, any type of Boston sports fan is they're saying, all right, out, get out. We don't want you. Most other teams would be like, no, Kyrie, please stay. Please stay. We need you. Not Boston. Boston's like, all right, we don't need you. We've got a rich legacy without you. Could have built one with you or added to it with you, but you don't want to be here. We don't want you here. That's Boston fans. I love it because I know me as an Orlando Magic fan, Kyrie's with us and he's trying to leave and he's kind of expressing he might not want to be there. I'm I'm pretty sad about that, and I, I want him to stay. So Kyrie has the option to say, you know what, I'm I'm done. I'm not going to pick up the last year on my player option. I'm out. And he's actually expressed that he regrets wanting to be traded from the Cavs away from LeBron. He expressed in an interview how much LeBron helped him and how much better he was with LeBron. He expressed these things, which is extremely mature because I lost some respect for Kyrie when he wanted to leave LeBron. And now that he's noted and he's realized, like, what did I do? All he did was help me get better as a basketball player. All he did was facilitate me to be the best basketball player I could be because there's so much attention on LeBron, and he's such a fantastic uh, court general, and he, he just creates so much opportunity for other players. Kyrie never played better than when, he, than when he was with LeBron, and he realizes that. And he's come out and said, I regret doing that. He said it. So that one is interesting to watch out for. I don't know what he'll do. I tend to think I don't know that he'll leave and go to the Lakers, but he's expressed it. It's a possibility. I can see him almost going with the Knicks, which is also the place I could kind of see Kevin Durant going the most. But but this is that's the interesting thing about LeBron picking these people is he's picking them. He's saying, hey, let's hang out for a weekend. Let's hang out for a weekend. Let's play together. Let's have a good time. Let me let me talk to you. Let me have your ear for a little bit. And, and he's going to try to work some magic. Tampering is, all bets are off on the All-Star break because how, are, how can the league prove tampering on the All-Star break? It's just a bunch of friends hanging out playing basketball together. The next one is Kyrie, uh, I'm sorry, Kawhi Leonard, not Kyrie. I already talked about him. Kawhi Leonard, same thing, player option. Now Kawhi had the chance to kind of try to get to L.A., he kind of expressed he doesn't want to play with LeBron. So I have trouble seeing this one working out. But again, LeBron's trying to trying to fancy him. He's trying to woo him. He's, he wants to get players. Because LeBron's 
LeBron's not just a basketball player. He also is somewhat of a GM. And a lot would say a bad GM. I wouldn't argue with that. It's kind of he's done some things and made some moves. I mean, getting J.R. Smith paid was is awful, and that was we can almost guarantee that was a lot LeBron. Same thing with Tristan Thompson. He's all right, but getting him paid, what he got paid. So, but he's trying to get Kawhi Leonard. He's trying to say, man, come on, it could be fun playing with me. I'm the facilitator. You're the star. See how Kyrie played when he was with me. See how he's playing now and before before we played together? Now, you're you're already the third best player in the league, Kawhi. Arguably, top five player. Think about how much better you could be with me. It's interesting. AD, we know Anthony Davis already requested a trade. So he's not necessarily on an option or kind of done with his contract. He just wants out. And if the Pelicans are smart, they're going to give it to him. And they're going to. The only reason they didn't make a trade at the deadline because they didn't want to trade with the Lakers. And I think that I think they hoodwinked the Lakers by making them offer all that stuff to kind of, I think what we talked about on the show recently, a couple weeks ago or last week, whenever it was, I think that's what happened. I think they totally hoodwinked the Lakers. I think they tricked them into offering all this stuff to kind of get back at them for the idea that they were tampering. And I think it worked. I think they offered all this stuff, and now the young Lakers core is upset about it. We'll see how it turns out. I think LeBron is a good enough leader to kind of bring them back together and make a playoff push. But but AD wants out. He's going to get it. Don't know if it's the Lakers, but now we're you know we're hearing other we're hearing that the Knicks and the Lakers are on equal playing field. That that's what AD is saying that he could go to the Knicks too. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> LeBron would be he he'd get criticized so much. Because players not wanting to play with him. If KD and Kyrie and AD all went to the Knicks and formed a super team and just tore up the East, oh boy, that would be that'd be bad for LeBron's legacy for sure. And, and then the last guy on this list, Clay Thompson. It, it was there was a story out recently that if he does not get a max offer from the Warriors, that he could be out. And he's a free agent. He's different from all these guys. He is a free agent he is fair game completely fair game no player option nothing he's a free agent and if there are rumors that if he does not get that max offer from the golden state warriors which he deserves okay don't get fooled by the bigger stars that are around him in kd and steph clay is the second best shooter of all time and he's been overshadowed simply because he's playing with the best shooter of all time and now the past three four years He's also been playing with Kevin Durant, who is one of he's going to be a top ten player of all time if he continues the career he's having. So he's been overshadowed, but he is wildly deserving of a full contract. Now, the feel is that he could possibly land with the Lakers. That that's kind of the if this happens now. Obviously, if they offer the max contract, he's going to stay there. He loves where he's at. But if it doesn't happen, the feeling is that the Lakers would be the favorite to get him. He's got ties to L.A., an L.A. kid. His dad played for the Lakers, and now his dad co-hosts, you know, what's it called? I think it's ESPN L.A. now with, uh, what's his name, uh, Mark Willard. So, I mean, he's he's now somewhat, I mean, he's still tied, his dad's still tied to the Lakers, That'd be something that would just kind of, it would just kind of make sense. Now I think the Warriors will do the right thing, offer him a max deal if they have the space. I actually haven't looked into that. I don't know if they have the space for it, but but we'll see how that works out. So so LeBron's getting all these guys together, saying, "Come on, come play with me, come play with me," because all he needs is one, and he's got a shot. He gets two, he's gonna win finals. He's gonna win more. So we will see what happens, and we will see what transpires during this all-star weekend i think it's something to watch but he is going to be pushing hard it, probably without blatantly saying it but he wants all he would love two or three to come he, i think they can only afford two but he's got to get one he's got to get one keep an eye on it it will be interesting yeah.
I want to jump over to James Harden. We're going to stay in the NBA, but I want to talk about James Harden a little bit. What he has done and what we're witnessing in from him right now is the greatest stretch for an offensive, as far as an offensive performance we've ever seen by an NBA player. Period. Point blank. Done. He is now in the past 30 games had at least 30 points. He has scored over 1,200, to be exact, 1,244 points in those 30 games. He's averaging 41.5 per game in that 30-game stretch. And the Rockets are 21-9, and and a lot of that stretch was without Chris Paul. He is absolutely dominating the league. And it's incredible to watch. He is so good with the basketball. Now, he is hes very much an ISO player. And when he's not ISOing, he, he, he can drop dimes. He can pass. He's very good at passing. But he's not very dynamic offensively. He is an ISO or nothing for the most part. He, he can't really play uh, without the ball in his hand as an, as an offensive player. I mean, he can... He can take a pass and shoot it. He's a very he's a really good shooter. I mean, I think this year he's shooting like thirty eight percent from three, so it's not great, not fantastic. He's not. I personally wouldn't even consider him. I don't want to say that. I was gonna say I wouldn't really consider him in today's NBA standards an elite three point shooter, but I mean you have to because he throws up so many that he makes a ton. I mean, I, I believe he's still leading the league in, in three pointers made. So, I mean, you can't say he's not an elite three-point shooter, but for, to me, anything less than 39-40% isn't quite elite, and he's right there on the precipice. He's at like 38 and change, 38.7 or something like that. So, I mean, he is a, he is a very good three-point shooter, very good three-point shooter, but as a, he's just, right now, he's the best offensive player in the league right now. I mean, they can't, you can't, people can't stop him. I mean, he, the way he handles the ball, the way he's able to, create space when it appears there is none is just fantastic there's only one other person in the league that can really go toe to toe with it to excuse me go toe to toe with him in that area and that's like creating space where there seems to be none and that's Luka Doncic which we'll talk a little bit we'll talk about a little bit more about him later I love the kid but I mean James Harden is just on fire right now I say all that to say, and yes, he's right now he is the MVP of the league. Okay. He's taking the team on his back without Chris Paul. Trevor Ariza's gone. They really don't have as good of a team as they had last year. And he's taken on his back. They're on a twenty one and nine record in the past thirty games. But I don't think this is hard to say because I don't know how to word it, because I do believe he is the I do believe he's the league MVP right now. I mean, it's just what he's doing is staggering. But at the same time, there's somebody else who is more important to their team right now than James Harden, and I think he should be given a little bit more consideration for this MVP award. And with more thought, and maybe a few more games if he continues to play like this through the rest of the season, I could really be on board Paul George winning the MVP this season it will never happen specifically if James Harden continues to play the way he's playing but if the award was awarded or was given the way it should be and that's who can we take off a team and that team changes more so like which team would change more by blank being removed and you just go through every team, and you take away their best play, whoever their best player is, their most impactful player is, who changes the most, who loses the most, wins in the season, who and who has more loss. You get what I'm saying. Who is a worse basketball team? I would argue, Paul, I would argue the Thunder would be worse without Paul George than the Rockets would be without James Harden. It'd be a tough argument for me to make, but I you could make it. And here's my reasoning. 
in the last 30 games, I wanted to just compare. And Harden's better than Paul, than Paul George in the past 30 games. He is. But he's got 33.9 points per game in the last 30. He's got over 1,000 points as well. Got about 200 points less than James Harden, so he's just over 1,000 points. But he's got over 1,000. And the Thunder are 20 and 10. So very, very similar in that category. I think you take away Paul George. If he's not on the team, I mean, they're 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 right in the thick of the playoff race. Okay, they're in it. I think they're the fourth, fifth, maybe third in the West right now. Could be a little off on that. If you take off Paul George from that team, I don't know if they're above 500. And I'm being serious. I think they're an awful team without Paul George. And I know everybody loves Russ and what he does, and he's spectacular. He's amazing. He really is. Probably the most entertaining, If between him and James Harden right now, Probably they're probably the two most entertaining players to watch right now in the league. But Russ doesn't translate to wins. I'm sorry, he doesn't. His gameplay doesn't. His gameplay is a stat-padding gameplay. And I'm not saying it's easy what he's doing, I'm not saying that any other player could do it. He is spectacular. But I don't think his play style translates to wins, to be honest. I think what Paul George has done for OKC is translating to wins. And I can prove it in the sense that you you see how, how much better James Harden's stats appear than Paul George's. I also left out a stat. James Harden's plus-minus over those 30 games is and this is an average of all 30 games, is 5.5, so plus 5.5. That's good. That's really good. Paul George's is plus 9.7. That is, in when you're talking about plus minus, a point is astronomical. Four points, a little more than four points, is unfathomable okay Paul George has clearly and that is the that is the base stat for what player is important to this team that is that's the best stat for it because it's telling you how much better or worse that team is when that player is on and off the floor Paul George's plus minus is 4.2 points better than James Harden. Holy goodness. And I get that we get caught up in stats. We get caught up in these flashy, pretty stats. They're just, it's amazing. Triple doubles. They're amazing. 40-point games. 50-point games. 30-plus points for 30 games straight. I think he's up to 31 or 32 games now. Paul George is getting his team W's, and so is James Harden. He is. I'm not taking anything away from him. I I said I would give him the MVP. But what Paul George is doing is getting overlooked, and I hate it. I hate it because it's even getting overlooked on his own team. It's getting overlooked because Russ is over there doing Russ things, and they're amazing, but they don't translate to W's. And Paul George's gameplay is translating to W's. He's been spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. So he, he could end up being my vote for MVP. I don't think it'll ever happen. Even let's just say James Harden kind of comes down off the high a little bit. Still has a fantastic season, but kind of comes down off the absurd high that he's on right now. And Paul George stays the same that he's doing right now. I don't think. I still don't think it happens. But I'm just telling you, look at, pay attention. Look at what Paul George is doing for that team. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible. Going back to the Russ thing, I, he actually said, Paul George had a triple-double the other night, and Paul George, he was being interviewed, and they asked him, like, did you know you were about to get the triple-double? And he said, honestly, no. I was focused on winning the ball, winning the basketball game. 
and I didn't realize until right, he didn't say it with animosity, but in my mind, I would kind of take it and, and it would frustrate me. He said, I had no idea I was about to get the triple-double. I was focusing on the game and doing everything I could to win the game. And Russ came up to me and said, hey, you need one more assist for a triple-double. It's like, dude, do you get it? We're trying to we're trying to win games. We're trying to get a better seed so we can go into the playoffs and win a couple series. I'm not worried about triple doubles. And he happened to get he happened to think he got I think he gave it to Russ for, for the triple double and whatever. And and Paul George don't care about triple doubles. Paul George, I'm sure if you asked him, hey, you're gonna average fifteen points a game this season. Two assists, two rebounds, but we're gonna win a finals. He'll say, "Bro, I'll, I'll I'll average zero, zero, zero to win a finals." You know, I'm not saying like, "Oh, I'll be hurt and he doesn't play," but if I can be on the floor and make my team better and average close to nothing and we can win a finals, I'll do it. That's what I love about Paul George, and that's what kind of irks me about guys like Russ and a little bit James Harden. I don't think James Harden is true. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. I was about to say I don't think he's trying to pad his stats to keep the streak alive, but he 100% is. And they were down big in a game the other night. And he just, you know, he's throwing up threes because he needs a couple more points. It didn't matter. Game was over. A couple seconds left, whatever, minute left. And I'm not saying, like, just stop playing, but you could tell. I mean, the rest of the team didn't really play. He's just he's trying to get that 30 points. And then he had a smile on his face when he did it, and they're losing the game. And I care about W's. I'm on Paul George's team. That's who I'm rooting for. Go get a win. I don't know. That's just me. All right. We're introducing a, another new segment. Again, last week we did On Board or Overboard, and we will see that segment back again at some point. But I'm trying to get a few more segments in here and Kind of see how they go. I, I think they're fun and it keeps it interesting. This one I'm going to call Rapid Randos. The reason I call it that is because it's just that. I could I could have a topic. I'm going to just be quick. I'm going to I'm going to give a whatever the topic is. It could be a name of a player, an incident, whatever. Something that's on my mind. It could be sports. It could have nothing to do with sports either. That's the rando part. A lot of it will probably be sports. Sports podcasts. But it could be totally random. And there are a few randos in this. Okay. There's a lot of sports in it, but there's a few randos. So let's get started. Rapid randos. Go. First rando. Kyler Murray. The more I see tape of him, the more, or I guess I should say the less I care about his height. This kid can play football. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's accurate. He can run. He is short. Get over it. Steve Young was short. Russell Wilson is short. Drew Brees is short. Baker Mayfield's a little shorter. Now, yes, he is shorter than all of these people. He's about Doug Flutie's size, I'd guess. I'm pretty sure Doug Flutie is about 5'8", 5'9". I think he's gonna I think he's gonna measure in at 5'9", 5'10", if he goes to the combine and if he does that. But I'm sick of the narrative that he's not gonna be a good player because of his height. When all I hear people say, he's got a great arm, he's accurate, he's smart with the football, doesn't turn it over a lot, can run, super athletic, but he's he might be 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, I wouldn't take him with the first round pick. Are you kidding me? Come on, dude. The kid can play. I heard a guy, a, a very well-known radio host, by the name of, and I like his radio. I, I like it. He's it rhymes with Pollen Howard. Okay, maybe you heard of him. I actually do like him. I like his show. I think it's entertaining. But there are, I'll tell you, like thirty to forty percent of the time he says stuff, and I'm just like, what are you talking about, dude? I I heard him say, I'm taking Dwayne Haskins if it's up to me because he's big, he's beefy, he's thick, he's not very athletic. And he's a pocket passer. He's going to throw it. Got a cannon from the pocket. And you know what? He's he's actually less accurate on the run. So I like that. That'll keep him in the pocket more. <laughs> you know who's not too much less accurate on the run? Kyler Murray. Dude can sling it on the run. 
is actually, if, if you take away height, take height away from it, away from the scenario, he his gameplay reminds me a lot of Pat Mahomes. Big arm, accurate, can make razzle-dazzle plays like that on the run, and doesn't lose a lot of his accuracy on the run. He, he I just couldn't believe he said that. He said he'd rather take a quarterback that's worse on the run because that'll keep him in the pocket. And I get the the, the I get this whole deal that if the that quarterbacks get hurt at a higher rate outside of the pocket. I get it, especially for a smaller guy. But I'm I'm just sick of that narrative. I'm sick of hearing praises thrown at Kyler Murray and then but he's too short, so I wouldn't draft him in the first round. Get over it, dude. And I'm also sick. I heard someone say, "Stop saying you would." to try out Kyler Murray this year, pick him this year, and if it doesn't work out, pick another quarterback next year. Who cares? I mean, you do think I get that it it might be a waste of money if it turns out that way and that players need a few years in a system to learn it and develop it. I get it. But the Patriots are notorious for picking quarterbacks the whole time Tom Brady's been, been there. And I get it. It's because they already know who their franchise quarterback is, blah, blah, blah. I get, I get it. But it's okay. It's okay to whiff on a pick if it means that there's an opportunity to get your guy. Try him out. And then, hey, try him out for three years. We're going to have quarterbacks come out. Quarterbacks have never been more prepared for the NFL than they are now because of all these seven on seven camps, all these quarterback camps that they're going through in high school. They're starting younger. Shoot, I've seen kids 11, 12 years old in camps run by Nike and NFL players or college players, they have never been more equipped to play in the NFL. So take Kyler. He's hyper-athletic. He's so athletic, and he has such a good arm, and he's so smart, and he's he's accurate. He's got everything you want. If it doesn't work out in three to four years, draft somebody else. That's it. That's it. I know you want I know in this this microwave society we want success now, but it's not going to always happen like that. It's not always going to happen the Pat Mahomes way. You got to try it though. It could happen that way. You got to try it out. You got to go for it. That's my sick of hearing the hype thing. I don't want to hear it anymore. But we will because who am I? No one's going to listen to me. Next up, Antonio Brown. I love what he did. Recently, I think it's so funny how he just, he's under contract with the Steelers. Like, we get that. Like, we know he wants out. We get that. We, we know he wants out. But he is under contract with them that he is a Steeler right now. And he, unless they trade him, is not going to change. Now, he could pull the Lev Bell thing and just not play. He could do that. But he takes to Instagram or Twitter, whatever it was, and is like, hey, the memories were great, but it's time to move on. And I think it was hashtag... Uh, higher expectations or more expectations, something like that, new expectations. I think that is great. I think it's so funny. I think because he essentially just said, I'm out. I know I'm under contract, but I'm out. You can take it or leave <laughs> Take it or leave it. There you go. Have him on the show. I wish. But no, like like either get rid of me or I'm just going to sit here and, and not do anything. So it was almost like breaking up with somebody over text or something like when you're in high school, like I guess it's not really that because you're not under legal binding contract in a high school relationship, but you get what I mean. He just kind of said, eh, I know I'm under contract. Deal with it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Cream hunt. It's my next random rando. What did I just say? No, that was right. Random rando. Cream hunt, man. Spectacular talent. Really good running back can catch, can run, strong, fast. Made a bad decision. Everybody deserves a second chance. I believe that. But when you make the decision he made to put his hands on a woman and then put his foot on a woman to kick her, yeah, everybody deserves a second chance in due time. That was like four months ago. Browns, what are you doing? You've got Nick Chubb, who appears to be a young star. What are you doing? Brown's going brown, I guess. Really? Four months removed. He hasn't really done much. I mean, he apologized and all that good stuff. And I saw an interview with him, and it made me gain a little bit of respect back for him 
as like a person, but but still like that is I there is zero tolerance for that man. You put your hands and your foot on a woman physically, and four months later you got a contract. I know it's a small one; it's a little above the league minimum. It's like about a million bucks for one year. I get that, but that's a million freaking dollars. I've never put my hands on a woman. I hope to never do that, and I believe I never will. I ain't getting that kind of money. Many people out there who have never put their hands on a woman never will, never have. We ain't getting paid four months. Like, like, are you kidding me? I get he's a talented NFL player. What the Browns are saying is win at all costs. We're, we want to win. We're sick of our losing culture. Win at all costs. Hey, change the culture. Don't do that. This is literally the opposite of changing your culture. You're now taking a losing crap culture and adding garbage, some more crap to it. I don't want to call them garbage. I don't want to call them crap. People, all people deserve a second chance. All people deserve a chance at restoration. All people deserve a chance to bounce back and be better. But this is just foul timing. Four months he hadn't even like served any time for which he's going to. He's going to be suspended, even if he if they let him play, he's going to be suspended. But really, Browns, come on, man, that's just don't love it. I don't like it. Uh, it just it kind of makes me sick, honestly. Like that, like really. Uh, okay, whatever. My next up is Joe Flacco. That'll round up my uh, random randos for the NFL. We got more. But I, I figured I'd lump all the NFL ones together. Joe Flacco got a job. He's going to the Denver Broncos. And I don't get it. I, I don't understand this one. Because Flacco, at this point in his career, maybe five years ago, this would have been a, a significant upgrade over Case Keenum. Now it's not. It's, it's a, it's a, I do think it's a little bit of an upgrade. Joe Flacco still has a stronger arm than Case Keenum. And he's got kind of the resume. He's got the. He's definitely got the knowledge and the experience. So... They'll improve at quarterback here, but uh, not by much. And surely, I hope he. They don't, they're not looking at him for the future. He's 34. He's definitely on the down the downside of his career. Um. Yeah, but but if so, here's my deal with this: is it, it doesn't bother me that they made this deal. It bothers me if they don't draft a quarterback in the first round, because if you're not doing this in order to draft a quarterback in the first round, have Joe Flacco be your starter, hopefully ideal scenario for the whole season while this young young rookie kind of sits under him for the rookie to start next year year after the latest then uh, if they if they're doing this for Joe Flacco to be the starter and they're not going to draft a quarterback I hate it and I, and I question John Elway you know because John Elway was an all-time great quarterback probably top 5 quarterback of all time a lot of people would would argue for one two or three you know, you they're, they're arguing. Uh, I don't think one can be argued anymore. It's Brady, but between you know, kind of Joe Montana is kind of known as now as two solid two. Really can't argue that. So I think Elway could, he, Elway could land number three all time. I mean, he's fantastic, but but he's proven. I don't think he can evaluate the quarterback position at the in the NFL as as a as a GM. Um, and and I heard somebody from a I think it was a Denver radio show say, so I forgot what this. The guy's name, I, I don't remember what it was. I actually heard it on another podcast. But he was saying, if Joe, or if John Elway says something about a quarterback, you better listen. Because he knows what he's talking about. He played in the league. He knows what he's doing. Well, does he? Old time he's been with Denver as a, as a front office guy. He nailed it on Peyton Manning, which wasn't even nailing it. It was like, if Peyton comes back healthy... Duh, he's in the middle of his of the best years of his NFL career. We know he's going to be good. The concern was the shoulder or the neck, whatever his injury was. He, he didn't have feeling in part of his right hand and his fingers. So the the that was the concern. It wasn't that Peyton could play or not, or whether he could play or not. It was, is he going to come back and be healthy? And if he is healthy, we know he can play. So he didn't even hit on that. It was just kind of duh. There was other teams fighting for Peyton. It wasn't like they gave him a chance and no one else would. I wouldn't know. The Dolphins tried to get him. We couldn't get him. It was devastating. Other than that, what has he done? Paxton Lynch? Brock Osweiler? 
Now trade. He, he went out and got Case Keenum in free agency, and now Joe Flacco, who may turn out to be the best one besides Peyton Manning. We we'll see this year, but I don't want to hear this. Oh, if Joe, if if John Elway says it, let's just do it because he clearly may not know what he's talking about when it comes to picking quarterbacks and evaluating quarterbacks at the NFL level. Just because he played doesn't mean you can. Just because someone's great at something of doing something doesn't mean they're great at the leadership of it or the coaching of it or the evaluation of it, whatever it may be. Just because a great salesman is the best salesman in the world doesn't mean they can run a run a sales company or run, or run any company for that matter. doesn't work that way. Sometimes it does, maybe, but not always. On to the next. Uh, this one is definitely a rando more than anything. It has nothing to do with sports. I was reading somewhere online recently. It was I don't know if it was a meme or, you know, memes are so popular right now. Crap on the internet. But I read something and it made me think. We have to pretend to be asleep before we actually sleep. Think about that for a second. Let that sink in. You don't have to pretend to run and then next thing you know you're running. You don't have to pretend to eat. And the next thing you know, you're eating. You don't have to pretend to brush your teeth. And now, oh, I'm brushing my teeth. You just do it. Sleeping. <laughs> we don't pretend to breathe. I mean, breathing is subconscious now to us. But, I mean, like, obviously, I mean, it's kind of always just kind of in our DNA. But you don't have to pretend to breathe. And now you're breathing. It, like, <laughs> like, you literally go to, you lay in bed. And now there are times where you're just so tired, you're just nodding off, you're trying to stay awake, and you're just nodding off, nodding off, going to sleep. But for the most part, what do we do? We go to bed, and unless we put our phones down and out of our face, turn off the TV, and shut our eyes, and just lay there for 15, 20 minutes, some people 30 seconds, you know, they're just very good at it. But it doesn't matter how long it is, it's still laying there pretending to be asleep until your body decides to shut down and actually go to sleep. It's so trippy to me. That's so weird. But I read it and it just, I thought about it for probably 30 minutes. And I was like, when I thought of this idea for this segment, I was like, I, I got to, that, <laughs> just pretend to, I'm just going to, I'm going to go pretend to sleep eight hours later. <laughs> uh, I'm pretending to be awake. <laughs> Most of us do that. I'm just, I'm here. Oh gosh. That's good. Uh, Duke basketball. That's next up for random randos or rapid randos rather. <laughs> I did say it wrong earlier. I said random randos. What a what a loser. Uh, rapid randos. Duke basketball. Holy crud! They're good. <laughs> they're they're scary good. Like this is one of those like moments. This is one of the first moments I've thought of like. You know, people say, oh, Alabama football could be, like, the worst NFL team. Can't happen. Won't happen. Will never happen. But this is one of those moments where you start thinking, like, Duke basketball might be able to beat a really bad NBA team. Again, would never happen. Although, their best three players are going to be probably the in the top five picks of the NBA draft, honestly. Cam Reddish, uh, R.J. Barrett, and Zion, obviously. But So, you might make an argument that they might be able to at least compete with an NBA team. I doubt it, but... But wow, this team is good. I know they have two losses, two really tough losses. But I mean, they look good now. And now, just something that sticks out to me about Zion, he, we knew he was athletic. We knew he was good. I didn't think he would be this good because I was seeing him do it on the high school level. And I was like, yeah, he's definitely good. He's dominating. But it, it wasn't like super, like, it wasn't like when I was a kid watching LeBron play high school. Like, that was just, that was absurd. I didn't feel the same way about watching Zion play basketball. But watching him play, at the collegiate level, it's LeBron-esque. Like, he is, and, and now these are against better players. These are against what, like the 1%, 10%, whatever, of college basketball, of high school basketball players that actually made it to the D1 level. He is so good. And I, I don't know if you saw the block he had against Virginia last Saturday where he's literally down in the paint, which means he's out of position. So that's bad. There's a negative. He was out of position. But... They swing it to the corner, and a dude took way too long to gather to take this three, but regardless, there was so much space in between. He should have been able to make some mac and cheese, eat it, have some dessert, 
take a nap, wake up, shoot the three. That's how far away Zion was. And this kid, Zion just gets up to full speed so fast. He jumped from probably seven feet away and got high enough to block his three-point shot. And if you didn't see it, and my visualization, my description is not good enough for you, which it probably isn't, and I, I know it isn't. I could be the best. I could be Morgan Freeman up here describing it to you, and it would not suffice for what this looked like. Please go look it up. Just look up. You could probably look up Zion's block against Virginia. Holy crap. I don't understand how a dude that's bigger than Rob Gronkowski, what, 6'8", 280 pounds, I think Gronk is like 6'6", 250, 260, considerably bigger than Rob Gronkowski, can run much faster and jump much higher, and I mean much higher. Oh, it's it's incredible. That was the most incredible thing I've seen I've seen in college basketball in a long time. Please go watch it. Other than that, they overcame a 23-point deficit with 9-13 left in the game against Louisville. Let me repeat that. They were down 23 points with 9 minutes left, just over 9 minutes left in the game against Louisville. You might say, well, doesn't that prove they're mortal and they have weakness? Yeah, it does. Uh, and Louisville's a very good team. I mean, I think they were 16th at the time, ranked 16th at the time. So it's not like they're a scrub. They're a very good team. Um, but the point is, it almost felt like they weren't really playing. Like they were just kind of like toying with Louisville. And then all of a sudden, they finish on this 35-10 to 10 run. Cam Reddish and Zion absolutely dominated the last nine minutes of the game. Cam Reddish just hitting three after three. It was incredible. I don't see anybody beating this team in the tournament unless... Unless you get them down like that and keep them down, which obviously that makes sense, but I, I just don't see it happening. I th- I think this team's too good to lose. I think they will win this tournament. And I've never really felt that confident about a team before, um, so hopefully it works out because that's who I'm going to have in my bracket. So next up, Jeff Bezos. However you want to say his name, Bezos, Bezos, Bezos. I've heard a lot of different pronunciations. I say Jeff Bezos. Um, obviously the owner, if you didn't know the owner of Amazon, I thought it was interesting. I found on Forbes, I was just, I don't even know how I came up or how I was looking it up. He is the richest man in the world. Uh, I believe, yeah, Bill Gates is number two. I don't have the number in front of me. I think he's like 91.2, 93, something like that. Somewhere in the low nineties, Bill Gates is, uh, $91 billion or something like that. That's his net worth. And he's number two. Jeff Bezos is by far richer than Bill Gates with $136.3 billion in net worth. That is ridiculous in and of itself. Where If you can make Bill Gates kind of look poor, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm totally kidding, by the way. But, I mean, when you look at it in perspective, he's, almost, he's over $40 billion richer than Bill Gates. That's absurd. So he's, you know, someone, maybe the guy that's 50th on the richest person in the world list. He is that whole net worth richer than Bill Gates. Anyways, whatever. I I thought it would be interesting. I was like looking and I was thinking about the math. Jeff Bezos could gift every single person in the United States of America two hundred bucks. Just give it to just Venmo all of us two hundred dollars each. Which to us, you know, that'd be nice for me. Like like it wouldn't make or break me. Like I don't need two hundred bucks. I'm good. But an extra two hundred bucks would be nice. Like that'd be cool. Yeah, whatever. He could gift us all two hundred bucks. Like I wouldn't want to gift someone two hundred bucks. Like I could, I could. And you know, I, I like being generous, but I don't. I don't want to give someone just two hundred bucks. But he could give us all two hundred bucks, and he would still be the number five, like number five on the richest person in the world list, with seventy billion dollars, if he gifted every person in America two hundred dollars. So I went a step further, and I was like, well, what if he gifted us like three fifty? Like, three fifties better than two hundred, you know. Like, that's three fifty. You could you can fly to some nice places for three fifty. That's nice. <laughs> so I put it in perspective. If he gifted every one of us wonderful American citizens three hundred fifty bucks, he would still be by far, if he owned an NFL franchise he would be by far richer than any of the NFL owners. He would have $13.5 billion in net worth still. And I th- I believe the richest right now is Jerry Jones at like 
seven or six six bill. I think it's six point six bill. Um, yeah, Jeff Bezos is loaded. In case you didn't know. Second to last, we're almost there. Luka Doncic. I might talk about this kid every week on the show, especially outside when we're in the offseason of football. I could watch him play all day. Like, I, I love watching Luka Doncic play. He's so smooth. And he's not an all-star. It still pisses me off so bad. But he's so smooth. His step back is so nasty. And I truly think James Harden's step back is dope. I When I'm watching Luka play, I think he gets more separation than, than Harden does. And that's incredible because Harden gets some separation. I think Luka gets more. It's an incredible step back. And he's not an all-star. It's so frustrating. But he's so good. Uh, interesting thing that he said recently. He said that it is um, it is easier to score in the NBA than it was in Europe. And it's kind of like at first you're like, what? Because the talent level is so much better. I mean, obviously. Because European players, they, they die to play. You know, they want to play in the NBA. I mean, just obviously the, the, the money's better, the, the competition's better. But then I thought, like, you know, obviously it, it is different. Our, 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 the NBA rules are different. I, th- I think you can play more defense in Europe, so that makes sense. Um, and then, honestly, defense just isn't really – there's not a lot of attention and time spent on defense anymore because it's just like, look what the Warriors are doing. Score a lot of points. Score a lot of points. Score them really fast. Get up big. And then you can play with kind of kind of a nice a nice pace and a nice tempo, but but you want to start with that fast tempo, score quick, score a lot, and so there's there's so much put on offense. But the Warriors are one of those teams that's really good at they can lock down and play defense. But anyways, Luca said a lot easier to play to score points in the NBA than it is in Europe. Kind of get that. Kind of get after thinking about it a little bit more. I, I get that. You know, it makes sense. Last but not least, on rapid randos, it's gonna it's gonna definitely be a rando. I was thinking, I was on Instagram, and I was just scrolling through my feed, and I, I, I saw something, it was like one of those pictures where someone posts multi multiple pictures, and it kind of, you can swipe left or whatever to see all the pictures, and I really liked one of them, and the rest were just kind of like, meh, like, I don't really like the rest. You can't just like one of those pictures, you have to like all of them, like you, you double tap, and you just like the whole post, I guess. And that's lame. Like, I don't like that. Like, like I get, you know, you can do that on Facebook. You can, Someone posts, like, multiple pictures on Facebook. You can just pick and choose which pictures you like. But I feel like you should be able to, like, just, it shouldn't be hard to just, like, swipe left. Oh, I like this one. Swipe left. I don't really like that one. Swipe left. Oh, I like this one. And, like, like each one. So that, that way, when they're looking at it, you know, you look at your own and you can kind of see what, or, or even if you're looking at, like, say, I like my wife's, say my wife, which I would just like all her pictures. Obviously, she's fantastic super hot but let's just say she posted a multi-post or multi-picture post with five pictures and I like number two number four number five you know on number one it wouldn't show my heart there on you swipe left number two I'd see it number three I wouldn't number four and five I would you know it shouldn't be too hard to do that and I guess on the other end though the receiving end like if you're the person that posted it it'd be kind of hard to show no, you could just switch to each picture. Like, each picture would change how many likes. So, like, if you are on picture number one, oh, it has 30 likes. Switch to number two, oh, it has 200 likes. That, people really like that picture. Switch to number three, oh, and, you know, and 40 likes. So, number four and five, oh, number four and five are over 150. I don't know. I, I just feel like with the technology we have and the way they do it, I feel like it'd be better that way. Cause, cause, and then there's, like, those spam, like, I don't know, meme pages or, like, just spam page, whatever pages where they, like, put like they might put put a really cool picture on the front on the cover so you double tap it and then you switch it and you're like oh I don't I don't approve of that <laughs> like whatever it may be I don't know so I don't know I don't, I'm not gonna say anything weird but you know what I mean like they'll put like a really good picture first or or maybe two or three really good pictures and then you sp- maybe you don't even go all the way to the end but it's something really weird that you're not into or, or not supportive of and then people are like, "Whoa! Did you see the end? Did you see that last picture?" No, I didn't because I didn't scroll that far. And I, quite frankly, if I didn't get to it, and I, I shouldn't have to like it just because I like the first one, two, or three. That's it. I think I'm right on this. Okay, I'm right. They need to fix this. 
Instagram needs to be informed immediately. It's an outrage. All right, all right, all right. That is it for the day. That's all I got. I know it's a really random episode, probably, but uh, I had a blast talking about it. Thanks for listening. Uh, what else? Oh, please start if you're listening. And you're, I know a lot of you are probably normal listeners. Um, if you enjoy, please spread it around. I, I'd really love to grow in this. I'd love to get more listeners. Um, if you want to be a part, let me know. Text me if you know me. If not, go to Take It, Leave It on Twitter. So at Take It, Leave It, B-H, at Take It, Leave It, B-H. Drop me a DM about something, any questions or comments or whatever you have. If you have a topic you want me to talk about, if you have something you want me to hit, if you just want to say how much you hate my podcast, fine. If you want to say how much you love my podcast, fine. I will respond accordingly to both with a strongly worded message for the haters and a loving response to the lovers. But give me something. I I would love to talk about things. I would love, like I said, I think I said it a few episodes ago, I would love to have a mailbag. But I got to have a mailbag first. I got to have some, and I've had a few, a few kind of direct to me, but I want some more. I want to be able to have a mailbag episode every, or a mailbag segment almost every episode. I think that'd be fun. So again, at take it, leave it, BH, hit it up, drop it in my DMs, or text me if you know me personally. I love you guys so much. That's all I've got today. You can take it or leave it. We'll see you next week. Be safe. Peace.